Will Bo Horvat be ready to play tonight against the Minnesota Wild? We have the latest injury updates, plus what's going on with Anders Lee. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. You can find us now on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic maybe that you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us. LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com is the email address. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to talk a little Islanders hockey Game time or any time. Now, don't forget the Islanders play the Wild tonight at 7.30 Eastern time. Big intra-conference game. Well, you can catch every minute of the Islanders hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Islanders. So, the big question. Uh, Monday at practice. No Bo Horvat, and that is certainly not good. No Scott Mayfield either, although Lane Lambert indicated that the Mayfield situation was really just a maintenance day, so they were resting him. Now, you may, may remember Bo Horvat took a shot off the foot uh, in the third period of the game against the Carolina Hurricanes, and he did manage to get back into the game, but he was not 100%. Now, Mayfield missing practice due to maintenance. Lane Lambert said he was day-to-day. Adam Pellick was on the ice for practice after he missed the game on Saturday. 
So, uh, good to see that. Lane Lambert basically quoted as saying, I thought he was okay. We'll see how he is after practice moving forward. So, still not sure if Pellick will be ready to play uh, tonight against the Minnesota Wild, but Bo Horvat not on the ice at all. He, again, blocked a shot midway through the third period. He is considered day-to-day and will be reevaluated today, Tuesday. So what did the Islanders do in practice? Well, they moved Matthew Barzal back to his traditional center position. Anders Lee was to his left, Oliver Wallstrom to his right, and that would be the lineup, it looks like, if Bo Horvat is not able to go. So you would have Barzi, Lee, and Wally as your top line. And for Oliver Wallstrom, you know, this would be a golden opportunity if he does indeed get back into the lineup, but obviously... Missing Bo Horvat would certainly hurt the Islanders uh, offensively for sure. I mean, you look at the situation and, well, you know, he's got four goals, nine points in ten games. And, you know, Elaine Lambert basically saying the fact that Matthew Barzal is a natural center, that you know, that helps. He said there's no question that if something happens, Barzal will fit into that position like he did today at practice. The other lines really remaining the same. Nelson Engvall, Palmieri, uh, Pajot, Holmstrom, and Fashing, Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck. Those were the forward lines. The defense pairings, Dobson and Pellick, Polak and Romanov, and then Bolduc and Ajo with, again, Mayfield not on the ice for practice. Sorokin and Varlamov, obviously the goaltenders. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see basically who will get the start in this game. So, you know, Barzal kind of ready. And here's what Oliver Wallstrom had to say after practice, according to the Hockey News, uh, about possibly playing with Barzal. He said, yeah, he's obviously a really good skater. He creates a lot. You just kind of have to try to read him as best you can and get open. Sometimes he makes that extra cutback. So it's important to put yourself in the best possible spot. He's a world-class player. So we'll see, you know, Wallstrom also saying, I'm a sharpshooter. Those corners are really small, so obviously I'm going to miss a few because I take those chances. I know I can pick those corners, so that's my game. Again, we hope that we have Adam Pellick available. We hope Scott Mayfield is available and obviously Bo Horvat. But, you know, that is uh, the injury update, and it is kind of frustrating to see the, the depth at center is encouraging, I will have to say. But, again, uh, if you, you know, you're missing Bo Horvat, that is a big, you know, he's almost a point-a-game guy through the first 10 games. You don't want him missing. And the other thing is this. I think it is detrimental for Matthew Barzal to keep switching and to play games without 
uh, Bo Horvat. The chemistry they've been developing, at least offensively, has been very strong. And, you know, I think it will slow down that chemistry and the development of uh, Barzal as a winger to have him back at center if it's a long-term thing. You know, a game or two here or there, not going to worry all that much about it. Now, we did get an email, and I wanted to address it. Uh, this is from James from upstate New York. He says, hey, Gil, I, th I had a thought, and I wanted your opinion on it. It might be a crazy thought, but when we get into overtime, it's obvious that we're overmatched when it comes to three-on-three. So do you think it ever gets to the point where Lane Lambert maybe keeps only three defensively sound guys on the ice, forget about Horvat, Nelson, and Barzal, and then actually plays for the shootout, trusting that Sorokin and Varlamov can win those one-on-ones? I don't know. It was just a thought, because right now I don't think we can hang with the top teams three-on-three. Three. Love the podcast, and thanks. Well, James, first of all, thank you very much for the email. I don't think... The Islanders will go that route, but I agree with you. Very often, three-on-three three does not work to the Islanders' advantage. They are 0-3 so far this year in overtime. They only won one game last year in either overtime or a shootout. I would like to see the Islanders have at least one go-to guy in shootouts. Uh, you know, Franz Nielsen, he was never more than, what, a 20-22 goal scorer, uh, but he was so deadly in those breakaways, and I think, you know, the shootouts are not exactly the strength of Sorokin or Varlamov. They're not bad, but they're not at that same elite level. I think, you know, Dobson and you know, Horvat and Nelson and Barzi are, and maybe Pajot are still going to get a lot of ice time. The, the, the issue with the three-on-threes is it's a situation where space, there's a lot of space to maneuver, and so speed matters, and clearly that is not the strength of the Islanders game overall, but they need to figure out, they need to work on some three-on-three three hockey. All right, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about the captain, Anders Lee. Clearly, he is struggling right now. We'll get into that and why he's struggling and maybe what the Islanders can do about it. We'll talk about that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. And look, you know, you got the NFL, college football, you got the NBA, and of course, you can use your knowledge of the NHL and the Islanders on FanDuel. So check out the odds for tonight's game against the Wild. Maybe you want to you wanna bet on the odds of Matthew Barzal scoring a goal. Check it all out 
on the FanDuel app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So let's talk a little Anders Lee. Uh, I I have been getting a lot of comments on YouTube and uh, seen a lot of comments on social media about the captain, Anders Lee. And understandably so, he's earning $7 million a year. That's his cap hit. And through 10 games, Anders Lee has one goal and one assist. That's two points. Now, what that means... Simon Holmstrom, Casey Zizekas, uh, Cal Clutterbuck, J.G. Pajot all have more points than Anders Lee. He's tied with Matt Martin, but Matt Martin is a plus two. Anders Lee is even. So, you know, we remember, and every day, as you know, I mentioned that Lee struggled down the stretch and in the playoffs last year. And so a lot of people are kind of getting concerned about Anders Lee. And I get it. Believe me, I get it. Because Lee has never been particularly known as a fast player. He is now 33 years old. He always played, you know, the the game where he got in front of the net, screened the goalie, took a little and gave a little punishment in front of the goal. Uh, in order to get positioning there for those deflections, those rebounds. Right now, he doesn't seem to be productive. He seems to be a, a step behind the play more often than not, and he just doesn't seem to be himself. Now, he's got 23 shots on goal in 10 games, obviously, 2.3 shots per uh, game. Uh You know, that's a little bit below where he was last year when he had 214 shots playing in all 82 games. The thing about Anders Lee right now, and every day as you've heard me say this, I don't think he belongs on the first line with Bo Horvat. Now, again, if Horvat doesn't go and the first line is indeed Barzal, Lee, and Wallstrom, maybe that's a combination that works better, but... Long-term, Bo Horvat's going to be on the top line when he's healthy. And I, I still think Lee's style and Horvat's style are too similar. And there's just not enough, uh, not enough of a situation where those guys are complementing each other and making that line greater than the sum of its parts. But here's the problem. You're not putting Lee on the fourth line with, you know, with Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck, and you're probably not playing him on the second line because they don't want to break up uh, Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, and Kyle Palmieri. We've already seen Lee on the third line for, what, the first two or three games this season. He didn't seem to really fit in there either, and so you're kind of left with a situation where you're not sure what to do with Anders Lee. And look, clearly, we all like Anders Lee, the person. He is very, very uh, good in the community, charitably oriented. He is considered a leader on this team. He wears the captain's C. But at the same time, 
he needs to be more productive. And we know he slumped down the stretch last year. We know he wasn't very productive offensively in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the time has come for Anders Lee to, to, to start getting on track. Now, he scored his only goal of the season uh, October 24th against Colorado in the 7-4 to loss. So that means he has gone five games without a point and five games without a goal. His assist came in the loss to the Devils uh, on October 20th. So, you know, over the last five games, no goals, two penalty minutes. He's even in plus-minus. He has a grand total of four hits uh, and six block shots. You know, the block shots seem to be his biggest asset. Uh, 12 shots on goal in those five games. Again, right around his average, but he just doesn't seem to be putting pucks in the net, and he just doesn't seem to be a, a catalyst for this team. He doesn't seem to be creating offensive chances. I, 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 we need to see more from the six foot three, 235 pound captain who. Look, he was second on the team in goals a year ago behind Brock Nelson. Uh, I don't think he's going to be at this low a level of, you know, two points in 10 games. Um, you know, that's about a 19-point, 18-19-point pace over the course of a season, and that's not acceptable for Lee, especially if he's playing on the first line. Should the Islanders consider sitting Anders Lee out for a game just to send him a message, to send him a wake-up call that they need more from him? I don't think that is a typical Lane Lambert move, uh, but I think it might be a smart move at this point in time just because I think Lee needs a little bit of a wake-up call, and I think the team needs to know that all players, even the captain, will be held responsible for poor play. So many people, you know, also on social media and on comments on YouTube and on emails, they talk about what they perceive as a lack of accountability on this team sometimes. Well, what better way is there to show accountability is to take a slumping player, especially your captain, and have him sit down for even just one game. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't do it while Bo Horvat is injured. But, you know, getting Anders Lee a little wake-up call, a little message to him, I don't think would necessarily be a bad thing. But, again, Horvat's got to be healthy and playing. And, obviously, you know, if tonight Anders Lee has, you know, a goal or or a couple of helpers, all bets are off and we're happy and, and hopefully he gets back on track. But we haven't seen that just yet. All right, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, sort of a defensive forward who was with the team for most of the 2012-2013 season. Let's see if you can guess who that is. And of course, we will preview tonight's game against the Minnesota Wilds. So uh, all that and a lot more still to come 
on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Bo Horvat could score 50 goals. The Islanders could host the Stanley could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Matthew Barzal, Connor McDavid, or Alexander Ovechkin will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Islander fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you could start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. So tonight, Islanders and the Minnesota Wild, 7.30 Eastern time uh, uh, at the UBS Arena. And don't forget, that you can catch every moment of this game against the Wild on the Islanders' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Islanders. The Minnesota Wild are off to a very disappointing start so far this season. Now, they did just beat the New York Rangers in a shootout 5-4. to four. That happened on Saturday. But before that, they were in a losing streak that was just plain embarrassing for the season. They are 4-5-2. and two. That gives them 10 points in 11 games. But again, that's 4-7 and seven when you add it up. And, uh, you know, without the loser point and the big problem for the Wild, much to the surprise of a lot of people, has been their defense. They are right now 8th in the league in goals scored. But next to last, 31st in goals allowed and... Philip Gustafson, who is their number one goalie, is off to a very disappointing start, uh, but he hasn't gotten a lot of support either. Uh, he is 2-3-1 and one on the year, but listen to these numbers. A 4.89 goals against average and an 8.71 save percentage, and those numbers are even worse when you consider he had one shutout in those seven starts. The backup... Someone Islander fans are very familiar with, Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury, 2-2-1, a 2.83 goals against, and an 8.92 save percentage. So his numbers have been a little better, but uh, overall still struggling. Max Zuccarello, former New York Ranger, leads the team with 9 assists and 12 points. Uh, Ryan Hartman has 7 goals followed by Joel Eriksson-Eck with six, and Kirill, uh, Kirill Kaprizov has 11 points along with Eriksson-Eck. So this team is talented, but boy, are they struggling on the defensive side of the ice. You look at the line combinations, top line, Marco Rossi is the center, Kaprizov and Matthew Boldy are the wings. Ryan Hartman centers Marcus Johansson and Matt Zuccarello on the second line. Joel Eriksson-Eck is the third-line pivot. Marcus Foligno to his left. Pat 
Maroon to his right, and then Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Vinny Lettieri are the fourth line. Defensively, uh, Jonas Brodeen and Brock Faber are the top pair. Jacob Middleton and Dakota Mermis are the second pair. And then Damont Hunt and Kaleen, uh, uh, Kalen a- Addison are the third defensive pair. Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury are the netminders. Mason Shaw and Jared Spurgeon, along with Alex Galagoski, uh, are on IR. Frederick Goudreau is day-to-day. Special teams, here's the, here's the rub. Not doing the Wild any favors. They are 22nd in the league on the power play, 14.3% success rate. Their penalty kill is dead last in the NHL. They have only killed off 64.7% of their power plays for the other team. That means if you get three power plays in a game, they're giving you one goal. This is something the Islanders' power play, which has been struggling throughout the season, has to be able to take advantage of. The Islanders now 22nd in the league on the power play. Bo Horvat, who may not play, has half of the Islanders' four power play goals. Palmieri and Barzal have the others. But when you're going up against a team struggling this badly on the power play, you need to take advantage. So that's one of our keys to victory. The other one is this. Again, you've got a lot of talented, speedy players on this wild lineup. Do In this wild lineup, do not get into a skating, up-and-down, wide-open kind of a game with the Minnesota Wild. Play more Islanders hockey to slow down the pace a little bit. And then my other piece of advice, shoot the puck early and often, because I think Gustafson right now, and Flurry, but more Gustafson if he plays, if he gets the start, uh, and check Twitter, we'll let you know who's starting beforehand, but when the confidence is low, man, take shots, take a lot of shots, and make the goalies work for it, because uh, right now, they are struggling. All right, time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and uh, this player was only with the Islanders for one season, uh, but Monday was the 45th birthday of former Islanders center Keith O'Coin, the native of Waltham, Massachusetts, went to Norwich University, made his NHL debut in 05-06, undrafted, with the Carolina Hurricanes, later played for the Capitals, and then joined the Islanders for the 2012-2013 season, played 41 games for the Isles, 6 goals, 12 points, was in 6 playoff games, and had 3 assists in those games for the Isles in 2012-2013. Only played 2 NHL games after that with the St. Louis Blues the following season, and then finished his career up in Switzerland and Germany. O'Coin only played 145 career NHL games, 17 goals, 49 points, 22 penalty minutes, but he had five assists in 20 playoff games, including three in six games, as I mentioned, with the Isles. One of his better games with the Islanders, January 24th, 2013, at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto. Islanders have Evgeny Nabokov in goal, while Ben Scrivens gets the start for the Maple Leafs, and in this game, Keith O'Coin 
scores the game-winning goal on his only shot. He was uh, playing for 11 minutes and 5 seconds, also picked up two penalty minutes. But that game-winning goal, which came early in the third period, assisted by David Olmstrom and Colin McDonald, helped the Islanders beat the Maple Leafs by a score of 7-4. to four. You had an empty netter by Michael Grabner at the end. So, again, a very happy 45th birthday to Keith O'Coyne. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we will have our key takeaways from the game against the Wild, our hero and go to the game, and we'll have our weekly farm report. Plus, by the way, uh, I will be at the game tomorrow evening, so if you want to say hello, uh, just get in touch, and it'd be great to say hi to anyone who uh, wants to meet in person during the game. Until then... Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.